Listen weekly, not weekly. You got that? Listen weekly, not weekly. We're looking at a series on Hupakuo. You say, what is Hupakuo on this cold Sunday morning? That ought to be a hot, summery Sunday morning. But it's a cold, fall Sunday morning. Listening to sermons is not a spectator sport. I repeated these here, and it's just, you get this down in your head. That this whole series we're in is about listening to sermons is not a spectator sport. Look at the second thing. What is hupakuo and how do you do it? It's placing yourself under the preaching of God's Word for the purpose of obeying what you hear. It's a particular kind of hearing that results in obedience. It's practicing in your relationship with your Heavenly Father what you preach to your children as a parent. Be quick to hear, quick to obey from the what? From the heart. From the heart. That's what you want. That's your heart's desire. You're begging God as a parent, Lord, please give me kids, that the first time I tell them to do something, they will hear with a heart ready to obey. Well, don't you think our Heavenly Father has the same desire for us as His children? <laughs> He's up there in heaven. Give me children. And my children will do this. My children are quick to hear what I say with the intent to obey. Notice also, it's hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and obeying it by turning from our sins to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in order to be forgiven of our sins and receive a new heart from God. You see, the new heart that you get at the moment you got saved is a heart that's ready to obey. That's the beauty of the new covenant. I don't have time to take you to Jeremiah, but the whole point of the new covenant, the new testament, the new creation is I have a heart that's wanting to obey God. Do you have that heart this morning? If you don't, you're not born again. If you're born again, you have that heart, and yet you have to cultivate it. And that's what this series is trying to help you do. Um, this word, hupakuo, is used several times in relation to hearing the gospel. Because there's only one way to hear the gospel in order to be saved. You must hear it and then place yourself under it and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, notice also it says it's how we should listen to the Bible being preached or taught in order to please God with an obedient response. God's not impressed with people that listen to sermons. God's impressed with people who obey them. And it's really that simple. So, here we go. It is a spiritual skill. What is hupakuo? It is a spiritual skill that requires the spiritual power of the Holy Spirit and the personal discipline. So you've got to have a new heart created by the gospel. You've got to have the indwelling Holy Spirit because you've received the gospel. But then you've got to have personal discipline, the personal, personal discipline of us as believers who have ears to hear. Now, we've gone over uh, four spiritual skills on how to listen to a sermon. The first two are foundational. If you don't get the first two, none of these other ones are going to help you. The first two are expect to hear from God and not just from a man. Who'd you come to hear? Who, who are you expecting to hear from today? Zero expectations probably will result in zero impact. Expect to hear from a man, that's what you'll get. And it won't change you, and it won't be eternal. Expect to hear from God, 
And you're going to be blessed today in all that you hear in song and word. Secondly, admit God knows better than we do. When it comes to listening to a sermon, the best hearing aid is a humbled heart. Admit, God, you know better. And I'm telling you, on today's lesson, you're going to want to say, God, you know better than I do. Because we have some pretty ingrained habits that I think God wants to help us change so that we can better hear His Word. The, ne- the third spiritual skill is critical. Check what is heard with the Bible. That, keeps us, that enables us to come with a, an eagerness to obey, but not a mindlessness. You don't check your brains at the door, but you come with an open mind. And then the fourth one was two weeks ago, and it's countercultural. Come together to hear the Lord speak on His day. And we said that the Beatles taught us, come together right now, this Sunday, over me, over the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we don't listen to sermons in isolation. And this is countercultural, because we have a tendency to want to isolate. And you say, how, how deep is that tendency? Well, watch this video and you'll see how deep it is. Sandra, if you can get this. Watch. See if you can relate. The other one. There you go. My name is John Nesmith, and I have found the perfect small group. It took some searching, but I found a group where I'm a perfect fit. I am a small group of one. Let's get started. How about we go around the room and introduce ourselves? I suppose a lot of people might think that a small group of one is pointless, but for me, it just makes sense. There's no scheduling conflicts, no incompatible life phases, and best of all, no personality issues. Lord, is somebody off key? Open the eyes of my heart. I I think it's me. Want to see you? Yeah, it's me. Have I tried other groups? Not technically, but I have thought about it a lot. But it's just so risky. Imagine the kind of people you may get stuck with. You got your touchy feelies. Well, come on in. Give me a man hug. Your judgmentals. Thou hast sinned five times walking up mine path. Yea, I shall smack him with a paddle of righteousness. Then there's the Bible nerds. Now, next time y'all bring your concordance, your Greek lexicon, and memorize Philemon. Parents who only talk about their kids. You're just in time to see the poopy caveman on the big girl party. Oh, yes, you are. You desperate singles. You bring in the jigs and your black holes of crushing need. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. I've had the most awful week ever. My boss yelled at me. My cat is sick. Nobody talks to me. I have got a lot to share. Come on in. (laughs) But in a small group of one, you don't have to worry about any... And that comes in handy when you read the Bible. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. 
God is telling us to watch out for tripping hazards. <laughs> There's always a good balance between staying on task and having fun. <laughs> and then Bart says, don't have a comment. And Homer's like, no! Oh! It was so rich. <laughs> and don't you dare tell anyone I watch The Simpsons. <laughs> there are downsides. Game nights can be a little rough. Being in a small group of one isn't perfect, but it is perfectly safe, and that's something. It's something. And we pray these things in your son's name, and everybody says, Amen. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Good job. So, we're done? Yeah, we're good. Hey, you guys want some Hot Pockets? No, no well, we could order pizza. Yeah, how about we order pizza? We gotta get to it. Please don't go! Please don't go! Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Please don't go! Alright, the reason that's funny is why? Because it's so true, so true. So many of us want to live Christianity is in isolation. Listen, not only is listening to sermons a not a spectator sport, it is a team sport. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning with this fifth spiritual skill. It overlaps with last week or two weeks ago, come together to hear the Lord speak on His day. And here's the fifth spiritual skill. Listen weekly not weekly. Listen weekly, not weekly. And I think you can figure out which weekly to put in there uh, since you see the other one that is there. Notice what it says underneath that. Discipline yourself to diligently listen week by week to be a stronger Christ follower. It's not, and we talked about this last week, it's coming together on the Lord's day and it's coming together week by week to listen to sermons. Now, let those who want to hoopakuo weekly by weekly, I want to give you two principles. Here's the first. Listen to God's word week by week with disciplined consistency. Disciplined consistency. All right? Disciplined Consistency. And turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. This is kind of, this Acts 20 passage is kind of the theme passage for this lesson. And we, uh, we referenced, like I said, this overlaps with last week or two weeks ago, uh, come together on the Lord's Day. But I want to emphasize the weakliness of that. Acts 20, verse 7. Now, on the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread. What you get in that second phrase, when the disciples came together to break bread, it's, the, it's telling you what's the importance of the, of, of the first day of the week. On the first day of week, these early believers, these first believers, the early church, disciplined themselves to be consistent in coming together on the Lord's Day to break bread. Paul ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued in his message until midnight. Now, more than likely what's going on here is the Jewish reckoning of a day begins with the evening and the morning. And so they're coming together on the Lord's Day, but this is really probably Saturday night, 6 p.m., all right? But it's Sunday because Sunday began at 6 p.m. at sundown. 
All right? So that tells you there's some cultural and uh, some flexibility there on determining the Sunday and, and what that day is. So he's preaching like from 6 until midnight. Okay? We'll talk about the implications of that and how you hoop a kuo when someone preaches that long here in the next point. But for now, let's look at this. Listening to God's Word week by week with discipline, consistency. This is what the church did. On Sundays, this is where they were. And then you, you, you put that with the teaching of the Bible, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, not abandoning our own meetings as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and even more so because you see the day drawing near. And so you see what J.I. Packer says, the quote I have in your notes, congregations never honor God more than by reverently listening to His Word with a full purpose of praising and obeying Him once they see what He has done and is doing, and you could even say, and has yet to do, and what they are called to do. Don Whitney has there, reverently and responsively listening to God's word preached is one of the highest forms of honoring and worshiping God. And I'm a big fan of the Bourne uh, trilogy movies and, and, and uh, the theme thong, thong, song theme song there by uh, Moby. Uh, he's a pretty profound theologian as I was listening to his song. Extreme ways are back again. I would stand in line for this. There is always room in life for this. That is a great line. What, 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 what in your life would you stand in line for? What is so precious, so valuable to you that there is always room in life for this? As I listen to him, I have no idea what Moby is talking about. Uh, but there's something to him that is deserving of extreme ways of radical pursuit that he says, I would stand in line for this and there's always room in life for this. And I'm here to tell you from God's Word, what we learned two weeks ago, what we just read today, that we ought to stand in line to come to church. And yet for some of us, a gloomy day is enough to keep us at home. Now I know I'm preaching to the choir, y'all are here. And you're thinking, I'm glad I am on this day. But the fact is, you may not be here next week. And you may not be here a month from now. And you may not be here a year from now. And I will tell you, how you respond to this lesson today will determine where you're going to be for the rest of the Sundays of your life. And I'm just saying, if, if the world can get excited about extreme ways and say, I'll stand in line for something or other, and I'll always make room in my life for something or other, shouldn't that be the Lord Jesus Christ, His people, and the preaching of His Word? That's where you go, you're right. You're right. And so here we go. Discipline, consistency. Because it's not going to just happen, folks. The Holy Spirit isn't going to shake you when that alarm goes off, if you even set it. You know, I'm just going to trust the Holy Spirit to wake me up Sunday morning. And you guys are laughing because this room would be empty. Right? You're going to wait for the Holy Spirit. Now, actually, He will. He probably would. To be quite honest with you, he probably would. But he ain't going to yank you out of bed. He'll wake you up and you'll go, 
Oh, what, what, why, why am I awake? You know, and, and off you go. So it's, there's got to be discipline consistency. So let me give you some, 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 some motivation for that. Listening week by week with discipline consistency will do some things for you that you ought to be excited about. First of all, it fuels the fire of spiritual growth. It fuels the fires of spiritual growth. Growth. Listening week by week. Why should I be consistent? Because week by week, there's going to be fuel poured on the fire of your heart's desire. You say, I don't, I don't desire to come weekly. My first question, you know, in, in the past, you have people periodically, I'm not getting anything out of small group. I'm not getting anything out of church. I think I'm going to quit or I think I'm going to go somewhere else. First question to ask, have you been attending consistently? And what do you think, 90% of the time, what do you think the answer is? No. And it's like, duh, are you get, are, I'm not getting anything out of it because you're not there to get anything out of it. And when you are there, I would bet you're not putting anything into it. And yet, if you will come and come consistently and put yourself expecting to hear from God, admitting that God knows best, going through those spiritual skills, you will have fuel poured on the fire of your spiritual passion. Turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy 4.6. 1 Timothy 4.6-10. through 10. 1 Timothy 4.6-10. through 10. We want to examine this passage a little bit on what it, how it relates to hearing the Word of God and how it fuels our spiritual passion, how we need to be disciplined. 1 Timothy 4.6-10. through 10. Notice what Paul says to Timothy. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. And then notice in the New American Standard, it says, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. Constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine. Now, in the New American Standard, that word constantly is in italics because the translators added it. The reason they added it is that word nourished there is a present continual tense. And so they're drawing out the present present continual action we should be continually constantly consistently nourishing ourselves on the words of faith how many ate breakfast this morning okay the majority how many will eat lunch even more how many will eat dinner how many will eat tomorrow how many will eat the next day you girls are you on a severe diet over there how many will eat the day after that? How many plan on not missing any meals in the next month? Amen. You know, it doesn't take... It does, you don't have to be a rocket science to put this together. See, we, we, we want to nourish ourselves physically daily. Three times a day. Four if we can get it in. Five if we're lucky. Right, and we'll do it every day, every week, and, 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 and we plan for it, we shop for it, we grumble if we miss it, and yet that should be the same attitude towards the Word of God, which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. So that that's basically he's basically saying don't don't uh, bother with Rob Bell's book. Then he goes on, he says, on the other hand. 
discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds a promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Listen, if you will discipline yourself to listen weekly and not weekly, it will benefit you right now and it will benefit you for the life to come. Now, that's a guarantee from God's Word. It is, a, and, and notice verse 9, you say, well, how do you know it's a guarantee? I mean, it is not just all of God's promises are guarantees. This is a double, double, triple, quadruple guarantee because it follows with verse 9. It is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance. You can bank on this. Give yourself for this. Stand in line for this if you're Moby. Make room in your life for this. Because I guarantee you what I just told you is blessed and promise of God. So how would you respond to it? Respond like Paul did, verse 10. For for it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. What do people do who have fixed their hope on the living God and who are waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill all of God's promises to them. What do they do? They discipline themselves for godliness, which includes nourishing yourself and listening to the Word of God weekly, not weekly. So we've talked a little bit about this passage. Notice the word for personal discipline. Constant and continual feeding and nourishing and fueling requires personal discipline. Food just doesn't appear on the table, guys. Right, ladies? It requires personal discipline, planning, and preparation. Is this the amen corner on this point? Great, okay? So now take that into the spiritual realm. Listening to sermons and lessons on a consistent basis is never an end in itself. It is a God-given means to a God-given end, godliness for God's glory. Discipline yourself for the... See, it doesn't say discipline yourself for the purpose of listening to sermons. It says discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, but the means by which you get there is nourishing yourself constantly on the words of faith. See, what happens is if you're just coming here to get entertained or coming here because you're supposed to, you've missed the purpose. You're here because you want to be more godly. And don't listen to what the world says. Don't listen to what uh, compromising Christianity says. The preaching and the teaching of the Word of God is the means by which you will be built up into godliness. It's a trustworthy statement deserving of your full acceptance. Now, the Bible is not given us for information, but for transformation. Those who hupakuo do so to become more like Jesus. Now, such personal discipline, according to this passage we just read, requires hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. It sounds like the Holy Spirit is leading Paul to come up with an inspired slogan for a Christian workout. That's what this sounds like. This sounds like like he's a, a I don't even know what the latest things are. Xbox, I don't know, Tybo, I don't know what the latest. What is the latest? What are you doing, Bruce? What are you doing to get that physique you got there? Uh, okay, that's what I thought. Okay, what, what what are we doing? What's the latest exercise thing? 
P90X, YT9, just just do sit-ups and eat less, right? Isn't that what it is? Okay. Listen, that's what it sounds like he's saying. Here's some workout slogans. Because he says, exercise yourself. Discipline, train yourself. You see that in that verse? Exercise yourself. The Greek word behind that is the word we get our English word, gymnasium. He says, it, you need a spiritual workout. To be godly, you've got to be ready to do some spiritual workout. So here are some workout slogans. No pain, no gain. Just do it. Discipline is training that makes punishment unnecessary. That's a little ROTC thing. Pain is weakness leaving your body. Remember that. Suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret. Triumph is try with a little extra oomph. That's a good one. That's a good one. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. Okay, here's Tony Horton, who's the P90 guy. Do your best, forget the rest. All right. If you're not living on the edge, then you're taking up too much space. That's a good one. That's a good one. Another one, just dedication, determination, commitment, consistency. That's this lesson right there in four words. Determination, or dedication, determination, commitment, consistency. Failure is choosing what you want now over what you want most. Vince Lombardi, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. And then my favorite from Tom Landry, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. Now, the Holy Spirit changes that. The job of the Holy Spirit is to help men and women do what they want to do but can't do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be and God died that they might be. You see, you ought to want to hear the Word of God on a weekly basis. The thing is, the Holy Spirit helps us as we discipline ourselves. And then you get Paul's great one. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Bodily discipline is of only little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You want some workout slogans to motivate you? You memorize that 1 Timothy 4 passage and you put that up on your mirror and you read that Saturday morning and you or Saturday night and you determine, I'm going to be there Sunday. And this is why. This is why. Now, it's a trustworthy statement. We've mentioned that. Here's the second thing. Listening week by week with a disciplined consistency leaves a clear path for other... Well, uh, let me stop. Let me stop. I, I do have to do this. Labor and strive. Labor and strive. He says, I'm going to discipline myself for godliness. And I labor and I strive toward this end. Labor means work to the point of exhaustion. Have you worked to the point of exhaustion in your spiritual disciplines? Or did you try and give up? And then strive is the word we get agonize from. It's the word for a hand-to-hand wrestling match where I'm going to pin you. Laziness. I'm going to pin you. Pleasure. I'm going to pin you whatever it is that comes between me and hearing God's Word. I'm going to pin you down. I'm going to wrestle you to the mat, and I'm going to do it with agony until I triumph. Because triumph is try with a little oomph. 
I like that. All right. Leaves a clear path for others to follow after me. My parents attended church consistently, and it was natural for me to do the same. Listen, I haven't struggled with this. I, I struggle to have my heart in it at times. I struggle just like you do in those areas. I struggle to have the right purpose and motivation. But it, my body's here. The struggle's in the heart. I'm telling you, when your struggle begins with just getting the body there, <laughs> the heart struggle ain't ever going to happen. And because my parents brought me to church on a regular basis and brought me to a church where I loved uh, to go, it wasn't necessarily one that taught the Bible, but that habit was in my heart. Listen, your absence from church speaks volumes to your children and grandchildren and those around you. But let me even say it more so. Your motive, your reason for not being at church on a consistent basis is what speaks so loudly. Because whatever that is, that's what your kids know you value more than Jesus. It's really that it's really that simple. Number three, it reveals our faith in God's sovereign promise that He is that His spoken word will always accomplish His intended intended purpose in our lives. It reveals listen coming week by week with disciplined consistency is a faith statement that God will keep His promise that His word will always accomplish His intended purpose. Listen to Isaiah fifty. This is a familiar verse. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, here's my application on this. Not When you come week to week, see, if you come week to week, I only want to come when it's interesting. I only want to come when I think it's applicable to me. If I'm, if I'm not a dad, I'm not going to be coming to Father's Day because that's not relevant to me. If, if uh, you know, I, I memorized the Ten Commandments, uh, you know, when I was a kid. I don't need to hear that for ten weeks. You know, I'm single. I, I'm not going to sit through a marriage uh, uh, series. I don't need that. See, when we start coming like that, then we're saying we know better than God what I need at this time in my life. Now, isn't that ironic for a single person to do that who, who probably many singles, one of their desires is to be married and they don't know that on the other side of that marriage seminar may be God bringing that person into their life and had they listened to that series, they'd been prepared to go into that relationship and get married. See, we just act like we know what I need. And really what that comes down to is itching ear syndrome to where it's like, you know what, that sermon doesn't itch, doesn't scratch where I itch. Well, that's the itching ear syndrome. I only want to hear what I want to hear. Well, the reality is that we listen every day, every week, not just for me as an individual, but we listen for us as a congregation. Listen, you're not just here to listen for you. I'm here to listen for you and for us as a body. And God may be speaking to me something that he wants me to share with Robert. Now, I'm not saying listening for them. That's the judgmental attitude of, I don't need this, but Robert sure does. Can't wait to emphasize that to him after the message. No, it's like, hey, Robert, God's saying something to us as a body, and I think this might be relevant to you as well. That's what we're here for. And here's the bottom line. When God gives his, preaches his word, he's cleansing us. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the... Word of God. So, oh, hey, I don't want any more faith, so I won't be coming next Sunday. 
But see, every time you hear the Word of God, your faith should be increased. In fact, Ephesians 5.25 says that the Lord Jesus Christ sanctifies and cleanses His bride with the washing of water by the Word. Now, my favorite illustration of this is this. You say, if I come week by week, I don't retain all this. And, and a common argument in, the, in, in our culture increasingly is I can't apply all this. Well, the goal isn't always to, first of all, if you heard one sermon a week, I can guarantee you can't even, uh, you can't even apply all in one sermon. So let's just not listen to anything because we can't apl- apply everything. You can apply something from all the Word of God that you hear, but also that Word of God is like a sieve. See, our minds get dirty and filled. It's, 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 it's a sieve. It has all those little holes in it, but it gets all clogged up with the dirt of wrong thinking, sinful thoughts, sinful actions. And then what happens is the Word of God is poured, and how much is retained in that sieve of that water? None of it. It goes right through it. But as it goes through it, what does it take with it? The impurities and the dirt, it cleanses us. The more you wash a sieve, does it retain more? No, but it gets cleaner. And that's what ought to be happening with our minds. And our, you say, I can't retain it all. That's okay. Listen and let God's Word do its sanctifying thing in your life. It's great when we can say to the preacher, thank you, that's just what I needed today. But that's not always going to be the case on a weekly basis. And just because it didn't scratch or get you what you just needed doesn't mean that that process was a waste of time. Because God's word will not return void. He speaks every time his word is faithfully preached. He may not be saying what we think or feel we need at this moment. Right now you're like, I don't think or feel I need this. But the reality is God knows what you need better than you do. And I don't. There's no way that Bruce and I can know what this group or upstairs over 100 people. There's no way we can know what everybody needs. It's a a miraculous, wonderful faith process to where God's speaking right now. But you got to be here to hear it. Here's the last one. It fulfills the two great commandments by listening and learning out of love for God and others, not just for self. Listen, our learning and listening ought to be other-directed. We ought to come each week out of love and desire to honor God. We ought to come each week out of a love and desire to help other people. Jay Adams put this well. The preaching of the Word of God makes available the knowledge and directions you need long before you must use them. It speeds growth, develops wisdom, and encourages service. So let me give you two applicational points from this first point. Make the choice today to be in church on a consistent basis to hear God's Word weekly, not weekly. I'm just going to be in church unless I'm dead dying or out of town, I'm going to be in church. I'm just going to be in church. And that's just my commitment. And I'm going to be consistent so others can count on me and I can honor God. second application I would tell you is take advantage of our website, glenwoodconnection.org, to listen to God's Word weekly, not weekly. In other words, sometimes you can't be here because you are dying 
And then God resurrects you and you come back. And you say, oh, I missed that. Well, get on there and listen. And you listen to those sermons and you download those lessons, not as a substitute for being here, but as a supplement so that you can hear the Word of God weekly. Strongly encourage you to check that out. Okay, here's the second principle. Those who want to hoopakua, weekly, not weekly, listen to God's Word week by week with diligent, diligent commitment. This ain't going to happen without hard work. Diligent commitment. Now let's turn back to Acts 20. Turn back to Acts 20 and let's take a look at uh, how hard this can be at times. Acts 20, verse uh, 7. Now on the first day of the week, they came together to break bread. Paul, ready to depart, spoke to them, continued his message until midnight, probably started around 6, 6.30. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together, and in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. Boy, we I have seen that. Sinking, sinking, sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, and you could say I've related to that, as he continued, and I'm sure that's in the present tense, continued speaking constantly, consistently, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves for his life is in him and now when he had come up and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while see he kept he didn't let that hinder his preaching i don't care if they're falling asleep preach on preach on isn't that what a blessing. Randy, you're, you're encouraged by that. Uh, even till daybreak. So he went beyond, he preached, he preached from, he preached 12 hours with an interruption to raise one lazy person from the dead. <laughs> Poor Eutychus. Uh, he preached till daybreak and he departed. And after, after they brought the young man in alive, they were not a little comforted. This is a great story. You got to be disciplined. To listen to God's word. It's no excuse if the preacher goes long. That's what I'm, maybe that's like the small group guy might be uh, distorting that a little bit. Okay, let's look at what it says in the Westminster Confession. Uh, this is what they used to teach kids about the word of God. It is required of those that hear the word preached that they attend upon it with diligence, preparation, and prayer. Examine what they hear by the Scriptures. Receive the truth with faith, love, meekness, and readiness of mind as the Word of God. Meditate, and they confer of it. Hide it in their hearts and bring forth the fruit of it in their lives. You can write right over that one word, they hoopakuo. So how do you do this? Seven suggestions for listening week by week with diligent commitment. Number one, diligently prepare for Sunday on Saturday. Diligently prepare for Sunday on Saturday. C.H. Spurgeon has this to say, We are told men ought not to preach without preparation. Granted. But we add, men ought not to hear without preparation. Which do you think needs the most preparation? This is a great 
illustration. The sower or the ground? I would have the sower come with clean hands, but I would have the ground well plowed and harrowed, well turned over, and the clouds, clods broken before the seed comes in. It seems to me that there is more preparation needed by the ground than by the sower, more by the hearer than by the preacher. You want us as preachers and teachers to prepare for Sundays? You bet you do. You, in fact, you would run us out of town if you saw a pattern of unprepared preaching and teaching in this church. You'd leave or you'd make us leave. And yet here's Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, saying the hearers have the greater burden to prepare. Wow. So let's, let's give you some help. Here, you, you got it there in your notes. Get a good night's rest, just as you would for a school night or bo- before an important day of work. Treat it like that, and treat it that way weekly. Lay out your clothes, your Bible, and your giving envelopes the night before. Why? It makes the morning go so much better. Carefree, all those decisions don't have to be made. Help your kids to do that. Don't leave ministry prep or study until the night before if you're in ministry. That way you can be relaxed. Pray for the Spirit to work through the night and give good rest to the pastors, teachers, and ministry servants of our church. Confess any sins you've overlooked or refused to address during the week. All that gunk gets in the way of hearing God's Word. Listen, when you're loaded with guilt, you don't want to come and hear the Word of God. When you're loaded with guilt, you don't want to come and hear more of the Word of God because you know you're just going to feel more what? Guilty. So I want so so you only have two options. You quit coming, or you go find a church that doesn't preach the word of God and just preach happy thoughts and, and the smiling preacher says good things about you all the time, and then you can just feel good in spite of your guilt, but that doesn't take care of your guilt. Third option is confess, repent, get cleaned up, and come and say, Wow. I'm ready to hear the refreshing grace of God. Number six, make things right with those you've sinned against and forgive those who have sinned against you. Nothing like broken relationships will hit, will break, broken relationships will break your hearing aid to hear God's word. Here's another one. Diligently prepare for listening on Sunday by praying through the spiritual skills required to hupakuo. Listen, I'm not just teaching these skills, you know, to fill up time and to have something to teach. I want you to apply them. I want you to use them. I'm beginning to pray these. These are my prayers. Father, I come expecting to hear from you this morning. Lord, I admit right at the beginning that you know more than I do. Father, this third one, I always it's the come together. Come together. I, I want to come with your people because this is your day, and I want to honor you as the first thing in all my life. I want to set that model for my daughter. I want to set it for my wife. I want to set it for your people. Lord, I just want to be with your people where you're speaking your word today. And then, Father, I, I thank you for the ability to hear it weekly. So many people are persecuted for this. So many men died that the word may be in English. And now, Lord, I get this privilege, and so I want you to speak to me. Help me to diligently discipline myself to hupakuo this week and not be a weak Christ follower. There's the illustrations. Next one. Diligently arrive ten minutes early. Okay, we need to circle this one. Diligently arrive 10 minutes early to greet and encourage others, get settled in and be focused on what uh, what is about to be taught or preached. Okay, that's a painful one. 
Let's all repent. Are we all repent this morning? Okay, let's repent and come ten minutes early. Now, look at, your, look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I don't, yeah, I shouldn't do this, but I am. Because it is, it is what you're saying. I value my, my lateness over being here to encourage you. Just want you to know that. Just want you to know, I value my lateness. Ten extra minutes of sleep, I value more than hanging out with you, Scott, and encouraging you in Jesus. Now, I've, I thank God that our praise team doesn't have this attitude. Don't you? I thank God that Bill and Sandra don't have this attitude. Don't you? Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Somebody has to step up. And their ministry... Listen, your ten minutes of encouragement here is just as important as what Bill and Sandra and the praise team do. Can I hear an amen on that? All right, so let's try it. Let's see what... uh, Next Sunday will be exciting. Let's see what happens. Number... Next one. Diligently fight off all distractions and seek not to be a distraction to others. Uh, Let me give you some help on this. Sit toward the front. Listen, the farther back you sit, the more distractions you have. The more you're a spectator, the less you are a participator. The more you have opportunity to be... Wow, what are they doing? You know, I haven't seen... Oh, hey, you know. And then there's some people that say, oh, I sit back there so I can minister more. Okay, okay, I'm not going to question that. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Only you know that. All I know is the farther back you sit, the more distractions you have. The more you sit up, the more engaged you are with what the singing, the praying, and the preaching. It's really that that simple. And some people, you know, like the van guy, you know, some of you van guys, you guys have to get out. There's always exceptions. The problem is we let the exception become the rule. And we think, you know, we all get that, do that things. Turn off cell phones. Can I hear an amen, Pastor Bruce? Like ten times over. (laughs) Okay. Turn off your cell phones. Don't sit by those who would distract you. That's something for parents to teach your kids. Don't talk to others or fidget or get up and down. If you have to leave the auditorium, leave and go around the back and outside. Don't walk straight through that, that door. Go outside unless it's snowing or severely raining. Go outside and then go up, and that way you don't disturb the whole auditorium or whoever's preaching. Here's some other things. Diligently take notes during the sermon and mark your Bible. We've talked about that. There's a well-known story about Calvin Coolidge, President Calvin Coolidge, a man of few words, who returned from church one day and was asked by his sick wife, what was the sermon about? Calvin answered, sin. His wife persisted, but what did the minister say? He was against it, Calvin said. Now, okay, that's funny, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's funny. But uh, here's the point. After you hear a sermon, after you hear a Bible lesson like this, you ought to be able to tell someone what was it about. What is it that God spoke to you about? What is the one takeaway? That's what I asked. Amber, what's your takeaway today from church? As we're driving home, what's your takeaway? Isn't she just blessed to have me? See, don't you wish you were driving, driving home with me from church? And hey, it's not high pressure. It's, what other question would I... Hey, I'm taking you to church every Sunday. I don't want to know what you learned. I don't care if you took anything from that. We're just doing this to be religious. It's daddy's job. No, we're doing this because these are the words of life that we are to constantly nourish ourselves with. Honey, what did you take away? Plus, I want to know if they're teaching the Bible up there. 
I want to know what they're doing and what she's getting. Diligently write down at least one application step you will take this week to really hoopakuo. Now, I tell you, you want to challenge it. You know, those of us who say, oh, I'm going to back off of Wednesday night Bible study. I'm going to back off of Sunday school, Discovery Hour. I just want, you know, it's too much to apply. Great. Then tell me what's the one thing you're applying every week from the one message you're hearing. And I'll tell you what, you're going to have 52 applicational points. And it's, it's, I've done this. I seek to do this. And just that can be overwhelming. And yet that's exactly what we ought to be doing. And if it's overwhelming, that's okay. God help me. Because if I could do it in my power, then it's my flesh doing it. All right, one more. Diligently be a part, uh, a part, I think I put a part. Diligently be a part of an iLife group, our small groups, where you can share what you are learning and have others help you to apply. And so you can be the small group of one or you can join together. Now, I have all sorts of application there for you. I like the last one. Do you think Eutychus ever fell asleep again during preaching? (laughs) Okay, what's the one thing you're going to take from this? You determine what that is. And we're going to talk about it in our small group. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your grace in giving us the revealed Word of God in our heart language. Thank you for giving us the local body of believers born again in the Spirit, brought together by mutual faith in Jesus Christ, here to encourage one another as eyes and ears and hands and feet and arms and legs and heads, different parts of the body, each one needed every week. Lord, don't let us be weakened by inconsistent hearing of your word. Let us love you and love others enough to be here consistently, to be here early, and to be here with an other-centered focus to help and encourage. Lord, I confess I need to grow in this. Even as a pastor, I need this message preached to me. And therefore, Lord, I pray that you would change me and help me to do my part in the power of the Spirit to discipline myself to be even better at what I know I need to do on a weekly basis to encourage others in this class, in this church. And may we all take that commitment in Jesus' name.